Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the next Q&A in the Full and Focus series. My name's Danny Boyer and I'm delighted to say joining me today to talk about his time at Fulham is our former keeper, Tony Warner. Tony, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for joining me, mate. Okay, mate. Um, no problem. It's been a, been a while trying to get this sorted, but we finally got it over the line at the moment. So, yeah, I'm glad to just be on, mate, talking to you. Yeah, it's been months, mate, isn't it? Months trying to sort this out. Yeah. But, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to <laughs> it. I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say. Uh, good stuff. Right, so first question. Start off before you actually started your career. Did you always want to be a goalkeeper? Yeah, I was um, I was always a goalkeeper since I was about eight or nine. Um just probably it was a bit too tiring to be honest, yeah, running around on the outfield, which I didn't really like too much. And um, and I was I was bigger than most other people, so I I, I had I had an uncle who um, who like played in golf at Tramia, like in the in the U team and stuff, so there's always pictures of him up in the army hands. Um, so it was just like, it was just a natural direction, really. Um, you know, it's it just, just because I couldn't really, I couldn't, didn't really have the energy to play out. And I wanted to be involved, so goalkeeper it was. And obviously, you can tell by the accent where you're from. Who did you support growing up? What side of, what side of Liverpool did you sit on? Everton. Oh, you're a blue, Everton, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my, all my family, my mum's family. Like uh, vast majority of blues, or like all the uncles are blues and all that. So grew up an Everton fan um, up until I don't know, probably about eighteen or nineteen or so. And then um, I just got invited in off Liverpool. Um, they wanted to have a look at me because there was a vacancy there. There was a there was a gap that they needed to fill. They needed like a an eighteen year oldish goalkeeper. Um, and I got the call, and they asked me to they asked me to play for the season um, on like a non contract. So I was, I was I was working in an accountant's firm um, after I left school, and then I was training with Liverpool on a Tuesday and a Thursday night, playing for them on a on a Saturday. Um, so you'd be playing against, you know, like like so you play like Blackburn, Man United, Man City, um, Preston. Um, you go into all their training grounds, um, but then on a, on a Sunday I was playing like men's um, Sunday league, um, which was like a different prospect altogether. Uh, but then what happens is you, you end up being in Liverpool and you got to remember, as an Everton fan, you're going in, but you know you're getting you're getting told to do by like Steve Highway, from European Cup winner, um, Ronnie Moran, bit of coach there, seeing you know countless European Cups, league league titles, um, you're involved in the team, you know you're on the bench in the squads and all that, and you know you end up just being you know you see the inside of Liverpool and the bits that other people don't get to see, so you're privy to that, um, so you end up just being a Liverpool fan really. Um, I know we always wanted to be seven, like be playing and stuff. So, so that, that I kind of you, you turn your allegiance, I suppose. And who did you like look up to in, in the first team? Was there anyone that sort of uh, was a role model or mentored you as a goalkeeper? Uh, well, David James was there all the time I was there, so me and him would train on a daily basis. But also Joe Corrigan, who was our coach, ex-Man City goalkeeper, and England keeper. Um, and then, you know, you'd have like the likes of like John Barnes would, would be there. You know, the, the goalkeeper inside, it was like the two senior lads who, who were over me, you know, it was, it was, um, David James and, and, and Joe Corrigan. They would be, t- you know, they'd be staying you through, um, through like rough times and they'll tell you when you've done well and stuff, you know, just kind of explaining you know, the final arts of goalkeeper and stuff. So probably those two guys. Oh, nice. Um, what about in general? Like, was Neville Southall your, your hero growing up? Yeah, massively. Like I, I used to go to the game, I used to go to Goodison. 
in Swatchhead for you know, two or three seasons. And Neville Southall was, was just my hero. You know, he was he was considered one of the best in the world at the time, like through the eighties. And it was just unfortunate that the you know the English club got banned. It was just as Everton probably becoming like, you know, the number one side in, in English football. Um and I, I, I just loved him, yeah. He was he was a big inspiration for me to um, for me to kinda of push on and be uh, be a professional goalkeeper. Who did you learn from with your penalty saving? Because you had a really good record, didn't you, of saving penalties throughout your career? Yeah, um, do you know what it was? It was like, you do a lot of it now, you have kind of um, information on, on um, like, on offices and penalty takers. So, you have someone at the club, Steve Grit, the head coach, assistant manager at Millwall, and he's had a big dossier of, of all the penalty takers that have taken penalties for the last, like, 10 to 15 years. Um, and you would you would generally see when when you have that much information on players, you would see um, sides that they would favour. You know, you'd have penalty takers that last month, you know, like we say, would say have ten, fifteen penalties, um, and you know, eighty percent of them would be say to the keepers left. And what a gamble it's going that side, um, and, and that was telling how it was really. But when when you know when you've got an idea on where they're going, um, and you can really fully commit to going that side. Going for well, that 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 they're generally going to go that way. You could also sometimes try and coax them into going that way. It's sometimes faint if you go the opposite way, so you make it seem a little bit easier for them, um, and then they will go that way, and then you would change your mind and get down there. So uh, I think I think over the course of two seasons, no more. I think I've saved more than I conceded over, over two seasons, which which was a good record, really, but just a, a lot of background where. I've got like there's dozens of people in, in all these clubs now who will do that kind of information, but I think we were, we were, a, little, we were a little bit ahead of the curve on that one. You did save one for Fulham as well, didn't you? Lauren at um, Highbury. That's right, yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah. Again, do you know what, right? I didn't kind of, because I was actually still phoning to Steve Gritz for the information. Um, and I do remember looking to me, right, and just thinking, you get like a, sometimes, I don't know, sounds weird, but you just get a premonition, you're thinking, I know he's going to stick it there. You have that kind of feeling about you. Yeah. And it just stuck it there. And as it gave it, it actually felt like no surprise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like, I knew, I, I knew you were going to stick it there. And, and, and I just died and I just saved it. And, you know, it, it, it was just like kind of, well, yeah, I see it's happening. So instinctive. No, no, no kind of big deal. Yeah, instinctive, I suppose. So, yeah, no, that was, uh, no, that, 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 that was pleasing. I don't think you've missed one before, actually. Somebody told me. I don't know how true that is. Somebody told me he's never missed a penalty before. Um, I don't know how many he's taken. Yeah, I was just about to say that. We've uh, liked to Thierry Henry. I'm not sure it's a claim to fame with Laurent. But um, obviously, Millwall is your your main club. I, I know that growing up in Bermondsey, all my mates are Millwall fans. Uh, you're very popular. What, why do you think you never settled down anywhere else? You You seem to... To move around quite a lot, apart from Millwall. Millwall was the club where you you were there for a long time, played a lot of games. Yeah, um, do you know what it was? It was like probably a bit of a late start. I mean, didn't really kick on until I was about twenty-five um, until um, I played for Millwall, and then I was there until I was thirty. So I was there for five years. Then you know I went to Cardiff. That just wasn't that just wasn't a good fit, really. And then, then I moved, then I went to Fulham the year after that. You know, he brought Anthony Miami in. And then, to get games, you have to kind of move around a little bit. 
You started off on loan uh, with Fulham, didn't you? Yeah, I started off on loan, yeah, from Cardiff. And things ever, and so that might have been like October or something. And then I got pulled in, he said, look, I want to try and make a permanent in January. And I was like, fine, okay. January came, contract kicked in. And then within that January, he signed Anthony Amy on because he couldn't become available for, like, for, for a decent price. Chris Coleman told me. Um, and he just said, look, I feel like I have to, I have to buy him. Um, so Anthony, Anthony come in and then he preferred Anthony then. So the following season, I went along to, to Leeds and to Norwich because I just wasn't going to get any opportunities. I kind of got told really. So, so that, that's why I moved on to those two clubs. Third season, I, uh, Anthony got injured the first game of the season against Arsenal, then Bolton. And I remember like, it, it was, uh, I made, made a mistake against Bolton, but I felt like I made up for it. You've, you've skipped a little bit there because, to be fair to you, I was at the uh, the Emirates the first game when David Healy scored after about five seconds. Um, and you had quite a good game, I thought. They nicked it in the last like five minutes, scored two goals. But That's right, yeah. Considering yeah, we were playing yeah. Arsenal, I thought you thought you did all right. But then, then you you did have a bit of a howler in the, in the Bolton game, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I remember it. I remember just like... We turned that one round, didn't we? We won that one. We did, yeah. Um, I think, I'm not, I'm not too sure who scored the first. It might have been um, David Ely or, or Brian McBride. I don't think Alexis Schmerton scored the. So that was, that was two, we won that one two one. And then we played Middlesbrough um, on the Saturday. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I, I let one in against Middlesbrough against Nido or someone. And, and it just, it, it, that, that was a howl, yeah. So then, after that, because we got beat, um, Bonnie Sanchez brought in Casey Keller. And then Casey and Antti were kind of with the one and two. Didn't really get many opportunities again that season. Like when you made the, the Middlesbrough one, because it was back to back making like mistakes for goals, did you know then standing between the sticks, this is my last game? I'm going to be dropped now. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't mean. Because Casey wasn't in the club then. Do you know what I mean? Antti was injured. Casey wasn't in the club. And, you know, to, to be standing there and thinking, like, I'm, I'm definitely out. It was it was within the week, you know, Casey come in and then you can't think, like, well, he got someone in, you know, he got shot. got someone in to, to play shit. And, yeah, and, and that was that. And that, that's how football goes, I suppose. So, yeah, that was the, the last league game for, for the club. Um, and, and surely it was. It was like kind of just a simple mistake, you know. But there you go, it's football, isn't it? Well, what, what happens in the changing room when the keeper makes a mistake? Because I, I always feel... I feel sorry for keepers because, you know, all players make mistakes, but when a keeper makes one, everyone remembers it because it, it always leads to a goal. Yeah, um, so what, you, you've got to have thick skin, you've got to be professional, you've got to kind of take, you've got to take it on the chin, I mean, things happen, like, to, to be a goalkeeper, if, you, if you're if you're fragile every time you make a mistake, generally won't get on to be to make a profession of it, you know what I mean? You've got to be able to um, put mistakes behind you. And, and, and like soldier on and uh, not let it lead to 
If uh, going back to uh, when Coleman signed Miami, yeah. if you had known that at the time, would you have made it a permanent move, or would you have looked elsewhere? Probably not. I probably wouldn't have made. It. I probably wouldn't have made it a permanent move. Um, if you want to play, you know what I mean. Um, you, you, you want to play. And actually, that was the that was the thing. Cause Chris Coleman pulled me in the office, and he just said, "Look, I'm signing up Miami. So I need to tell you, like, like, okay." And he just said, "I know." If it had told you just before you signed a contract, he said, I know you wouldn't, you wouldn't have signed, but you know what, no. He said, well, it's just kind of, he said, I think he come for a million pounds or something. I think he just said, look, he was cheap, you know what I mean? He's was experienced and all that. And I didn't feel we could, um, he, he seemed like a good fit. We did, I didn't feel that we could, we could let him pass by. So, so the deal's been done. I mean, I was not just going to do it, but it's done. So, you know, don't you stand and scream and shout the bar. It's got to get on with it, you know what I mean? You know, you've got to, you got to just kind of sell it, I would settle down. Um, and, and that's just the way it was, really. How did you get on with Chris Coleman? What did you think of him as a manager? I, I, I liked him. I got on with him very well. Yeah, I got on with him really, really well. Like, personality-wise, he was superb, you know what I mean? He was, an, um, he was, a, he was, you know, he was like a man's man. You know? he, was, he liked the laughing joke and all that. He liked the bands and stuff, which was great. You know, there's, a lot, there's a lot of good laughs there, a lot of, a lot of good characters. Um, and... He liked he liked to kind of be involved in it and, and have a laugh at the lads and you know you could talk to him on a level and stuff. Sometimes I've managed you'd have to be a little bit not not some school teacherish, but so I mean he was uh, he was he was a super he was a super man to be around. Really enjoyed my time with him. Trying to shit. What about Laurie Sanchez? With Laurie for me personally, man, um, man's personality. He just didn't really teach that much personality, and, and I think just that kind of. Rubs off on, 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 on the, the lads, you know, that's, you know, from what I could see, you know, I might be sweet man again. I'm not sweet to anybody else in particular, but I just felt like a few of the lads just can't, you couldn't really work them out. You couldn't really get much out of them. Um, and then I think maybe you like that. You know, that was, that was kind of personality. I suppose, you know, they're maybe like a master tactician, you know what I mean? You're going to something to the table, which is, you know, Premier League standard, do you know what I mean? Um, and I just don't kind of think you brought harder, really. Well, gonna, I was going to say, um, I don't think his tactics had much personality either, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, there you go, do you know what I mean? It's just, I, I just don't think it was a good fit. Well, I mean, he, 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 had a, he had an eye for a player, though, because four of those signings, I think Esai Murphy, Konczewski, Aaron Hughes, Chris Baird, and they all went on to play in the European final with us, so... Uh, yeah, listen, they, they were great players. I mean, they were just a big player, comfortable player. So yeah, you know, he, he did bring them plays in, but then, like, in him himself, I mean, there's more to bring in plays in, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But if it was a case of picking the names out of, out of the paper, or out of the, you know, out of, like, you know, the Panini sticker album, we could all do it. You know, there's, there's more to it than that, and, 
I'm off each side to spare on because he, he, he was part of the funniest thing I've ever seen on the, on the well, ever seen on the training ground for the three years I was there when he stuck one on Jimmy Pollard. Did you ever hear about that one? Go on, tell us exactly oh, what happened. Mate. Oh, mate, it was, it was like, like when I'm talking about hysterical, like I was, I was pissing myself laughing. What's happened is, you got Jimmy, Jimmy Pollard and Murphy. They kind of knock around together, they're like the outside dynamic duo, bounce off each other all the time and all that. So, um, Jimmy, Murphy and Birdie are in the same team. So, Birdie, I know Birdie's had someone to the shoulder on Birdie, gone past them once so many times or something. And I know Birdie's like, he's, like, he's quiet in that, he's always small, but you know, you wouldn't want to find him, you wouldn't want to mess with him, he's like, he's, he's a fiery character, you know what I mean? So, anyway, um, Murphy and Jimmy are piping up on Birdie all the time, so you can see Birdie now starting to kind of fight. <laughs> <laughs> he starts to simmer a little bit, you know what I mean? You can see he, he, he's chewing, but he doesn't really say much. So then, he goes, uh, like, I think Murphy's going, like, fucking tell him, Jimmy. Murphy's loading the bullets for Jimmy. So Jimmy goes up to him, and they're arguing. So Jimmy pushes him. But then, he doesn't push him far enough away, he just pushes him and just starts to turn away. Now, Birdie, as he's been pushed, just swings a leg, catches Jimmy up the, like, behind him, like, up the back end between his legs, catches him like in the balls. And then just swings it like hand. But as Jimmy feels he, he's been caught in a ball, Jimmy just turns around straight into the space stand, caught him right on the end of the nose, like. So Jimmy's falling back now. And I'm thinking, oh, don't go down, don't go down. So he manages to stay on his feet. So that's it now. Jimmy's flying. All the players are getting in the way now. And um, says, like, oh, see, it's there, it's finished, it's finished now. So everyone get in now. So we're all walking in, bleeding all over his face, there's plants everywhere. And um, and Jimmy, apparently, this is what Jimmy says. Jimmy says he's seen him with the Jason dudes. And like, he went for him again. And Jason Palmer, the physio, grabbed Jimmy, but he grabbed him. Inside of grabbing, he's grabbed him around the nose and he said he squeezed his nose. <laughs> okay. And the physio is squeezing his nose, like trying to get him off and that. Um, I, it must have been about seven minutes later. I come off the shower and I'm looking down the corridor and Jimmy just walks out. And I'll tell you what, as you said, like a beacon. Red, it was like a big King Getty on the end of his face, like, so I, I just kind of, I'm just laughing, yeah, that's what I mean, so Jimmy come from goes off. Oh, what would you do, what would you do with that for me? <laughs> 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 I was talking to like, he said, where's Birdie? And I said, he's in there, he's in the cheek with him. Like, kind of, I think Birdie just wants to get out of the way, but he felt like he'd been out of order and shit and Jimmy and them. He goes, what, he goes, where is he? He said, he's in there. He goes, what would you do now, what would you do? I said, mate, if you put one on me like that, I said, I like, bear in mind, I, I, I was made to bear these well, as I remember, I was quite close to him. I said, uh, I said, fly in there, mate. I said, because you think you think you're nose, your nose is still throbbing, you can see, yeah, it's still gone. I said, I'd fly in there and just dive on. That's what I'd do. Oh, fuck's sake, Tony goes. Goes, do the favour, right? He goes, go stand in there next to bear, you like, be talking to him and that. Goes, I'll come flying through the door behind you, and I'll dive on him, and I'll just I'll get stuck into him. He said, but if, it, if, it, if, he start, if he starts getting better off me, he said, drag him off. I said, Jimmy, so they can't do that, mate. I said, that's like an ambush, mate. I said, I can't be involved. I said, if you want to go in there, because you're still gone, you've got to do it tonight. I said, tomorrow, tomorrow's too late. It's too late, then, it's all gone, and then you're seen as the bad person. If you fly in there now and get stuck in soon, Everyone's going to say, well, Jimmy's head's still gone, do you know what I mean? But no, nah, Jimmy didn't fancy it, so Jimmy just went back and started the chase. <laughs> <laughs> the, the laughing, the laughing had done that day after Jimmy got smacked on the nose. Oh, my God, it just, it was, 
Out of the three managers you had, Coleman, Sanchez and Hodgson, who would you say was the most popular with the players? And if different, who was the most respected? Coleman. Both points, I reckon. The team changed slightly when, when, when Hodgson came in, because Hodgson brought, um, he brought, brought some of his own players in, like Vedder um, and um, Tony, um, what was his name? Tony Calio. And Jesse Kuki as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I think Coleman was liked. I mean, he, he was liked. He was, he was also respected as well. He was like a man's man, and he was like, he was like a, a, a player's a manager. Like the, the lads liked him, his personality. And plus, you know, he was, you know, he, he was like a young up and coming, um, you know, Premier League manager. And, um, you know, he was very enthusiastic and stuff. I just think the difference between him and Roy Hodgson was, Roy Hodgson, obviously, like you know. Decades of experience. His training wasn't maybe as enjoyable as as um, Chris Coleman to the point of maybe boring. But he would just make sure and drill and drill and drill and drill things into you, so it becomes second nature. Um, and you know, and it wasn't long after that he got to the um, Wave Cup final. Yeah, well, you could see that on so, the pitch. What was the keepers' union like? Yeah, 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 he was very promising, but you never saw him. Job, Jobny, love, love, Stufka. Oh, Jobny. Was it Jobny? Jobny, yeah. Jobny, yeah. They got injured, I think, pretty close to each other at the end of pre-season. That's why he got me in. And then Dave Bresson said to me, he said, listen, he said, just to, just to mark your card. But like a young, few days, he thinks he's a young superstar. He's about 17 or 18. And he says, he thinks he's playing the weekend. I said, what's happened is you come in. I'm like, I think I went on the Tuesday or the Wednesday to play on a Saturday you come in and you've kind of you've got to the spreaders a bit because he, he's been walking around telling everyone he's going to be playing and like I'm only 17 and I'm going to be playing the Premier League and all that blah 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 um, he said and you've walked in and you've just kind of upset him a bit so I remember going off the first session he's like he's not even allowed to talk you know what I mean so like I'm playing fair enough I've been, I've been born but he was like walking my eyes like Spring on him, he's got great hands, he could kick it a mile, his distribution was brilliant. Everything he had in the training round was superb. Right, he played for his, his, his national um, his age group for Portugal. 
Paul Sancho, he was always like, he was always, he was always a nice social, he was a, he was a good goalkeeper. Um, but I think when it comes to first team games, he would actually, he bottle it a lot. And I know he was still a young lad. He just thought he was boss, he thought he was dead, he thought he could be the best looking fella. He, he couldn't walk past the middle again as arms out. He, he'd always be saying like Ricardo this, Ricardo that, Ricardo. He'd always talk, which was a bit weird, he'd always talk about himself in, in the third person as well, which was a bit weird. And I thought to myself after the while, like, I thought to myself at first, like, let him off because he's Portuguese and you know, obviously lost in translation. But then it went on, went on for all the time I was there, something like he's a bit of a ditty. And I think he went to wish him, someone gave him a smack. And he went to MK Dons and someone gave him a smack. And he got a couple of smacks of full up. I'm thinking, you're not even trying to get mate, and you've been flipped a good few times, you know what I mean? For just, for just like attitude. I can just be talking down to people and, and telling people it was shit and all that. And um, yeah, he got a few clips of full up, like. And then what he'd do is he'd just be insane and like, you let it go and he'd start smirking and laughing and that. And then he just like, I don't mean this, you know what I mean? And, and like, I just kind of seen to walk with Ricardo, calm down, and have a little bit of respect in that. But yeah, that, that was him. And then I think he, um, he left Fulham, he went back to Portugal. He just didn't really have the nerve for it, I don't think. Um, and then I don't know where he is now. I don't know where he is for me. But going, like, well, ability-wise, he was great, you know what I mean? He was very, very good. Um, I think he's stunk. And, um, and I just think when he come, when he had to walk over that line, I think his uh, spot used to go. So, so yeah, he was, he was a little bit of an unsettling factor in the... In the um, in the, the, the goalkeeping school. Um, but I said, everybody else should be great. And it's a shame as well because you've got like, a young lad who hasn't done anything before in the game at all. Like, nothing would be a little bit of it. Um, like, on top of fact And so I said, probably the reason why I, I felt most sorry that was, it was just, it was that, 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 it was but yeah, he was, um, he was just, he was just a bit too much for my life. I just, I just went prepared to have it. What about um, Naomi? How did you get on with him? What was he like? Was he quiet? Yeah, yeah, you know, he was quite lucky. He was sound. He was a nice fella. Do you know what I mean? He was a nice fella. Um, yeah, he, he was sound. He was quite quiet, like, uh, but he was quite dry as well. He had like a yeah, like a strange sense of humour, which was quite funny at times. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's like a lot of Finnish people that have kind of come across. They are not very outgoing. From my experience, you know what I mean? Just like the lads who I've seen in football, they're not all the outcomes, always like quiet and stuff. Uh, but yeah, to me, it was great, yeah. Who, who were your closest friends uh, at the club then? At the club? The, lad, the lads I would talk to the, the most of it was like Zach, um, Zach Knight, and um, Carlos Bocanegra. Um, Carlos, I, I used to live off the, I lived on the Ridgeway. Carlos um, lived just off the Ridgeway, um, off, um, just off the London village. So, I kind of see him a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, Zach kind of took me under his wing, I suppose, when, when, when I first went to the club. It was like um, Collins John. He was a good lad. Um, he went, I tell you, he talked to And then Jimmy, when, when, when Jimmy come, he um, was quite close to Jimmy. But I probably say it then for, but do you know what? It was, it was a really good, um, it was a really good dressing room, so I say it was, it was a, a fantastic dressing room. You know, like Tom Zinski in there, you had um, Van Drive, just to be around, you know what I mean? They were, um, they were, they were superb. No matter how you'd be, you'd be working with on a daily basis. And I'd be working from, you know, with them for like, you know, a couple of hours, hour and a half, um, on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, again, personality wise, he was, he was, uh, he was, he was really fun to be around. Um, so yeah, there wasn't any, any idiots in there. The only one was, it was a cardinal. 
Sure, Everybody else is pretty sound. I mean, I, I don't think I heard Steve more points. Um, speak more than about 10 words the whole three years I was there. Um, but he, he can talk with expressions, he talk with his hands, and he talk like, with like little looks and nods of the head and all that. He'd be talking to like, what a player. He was He was an absolutely fantastic player. Was it? Would he be the best player from your time at the club? Um, Steve, yeah, yeah, I think so. When he was on it, he just seemed just to destroy people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he would. Um, I mean, you have like time and time. I think he's just like so reliable. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know he was maybe the talent of his career, but talk about an honest centre forward. He would give you one hundred and ten percent every game, and would like you know have plenty of goals in him. He had, he had a phenomenal leap on him, didn't he? And um, yeah, he just seemed like stars and bashing on his head and like classes on his head and all that. He told him so brave. He's absolutely fantastic. You know, he had like Klaus Jensen. I think Klaus Jensen is probably some of the best feet I've ever seen. Like, you, know, you could smash the ball into him at any different angle or any different pace. And he just, he, he would just kill it still there. I remember, I remember actually standing there like the first few weeks I was there. I was going, he's still there. Do you know what I mean? Like, he any pace. But what he do is he, he just he just kind of get people unbalanced, like belly people on the floor. So he just like either dropped his shoulder or that's a bit like you know Gascoigne-esque. Um, you know, and that's how he would that's how he that's how he would get past people. Um, so yeah, he, he was not only he stood out as, as a good player for me. Um, but I think if you talk about like the the best player when I was there, like that first season, uh, I'd probably say Steve. Yeah, Steve. Yeah, he'd be a good player. What was Papa Bouba Diop like because obviously we, we, know, we know what he was like on the pitch but I don't think I ever heard him speak was he quite shy or was he was he the same off the pitch as he was on it he was he was quite outgoing he, he kind of he, he spoke like broken English obviously he could like get by with, with his conversations and all that but it was funny yeah he was always up for a laugh and that you know what I mean like he just kind of had little pops out of the different things and he had this off the ass it was like no one had he's come out with the continental GTs like they were like the, the footballers car wave you know what I mean but like they just seemed to pop up like they were like £100,000 and every, every, every club seemed to happen we had the two worst companies in our, in our um, car park we, I, I used to rip the piss out of them all the time Ruby Dio had a, had a white one it was a white left hooker with like oxblood leather interior it just looked terrible it just it looked really, really bad, you know what I mean? So I see him stick on that all the time. And he always like white cars and he had all these like trizer things that look like a paramedics car and it was white again and again on the left hook. And I said, Why is always buy left hook who's you live in England? Oh, I might take them back to him Senegal and all that. And I said, Lad, them cars are going back to Senegal. And Collins shell out another Bentley, which was just an horrible bumpy one, like these horrible grey wheels. Um, but like it was horrible blue. It was weird. Um, but we had these 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 two Bentleys and oh sorry and but Zach Zach had a brilliant one so Zach that's what would be sitting there looking great and those two would be sitting there looking like really poor in comparison I used to keep just stick over his Bentley all the time so we got little laughs over that one and they they kind of telling me oh you might get a Bentley one day and all that I was like oh, fuck off mate wouldn't buy one of them look like yours yours is shite <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah he, he was he, he wasn't quiet, but I mean, he, he was, he, he, had, he had some character about him. He'd have a good laugh for him and that look. He'd, he'd be like dancing around the dressing room and all things like that. So, you know, he, 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 was, he was quite outgoing. He was quite outgoing, mate. Like, like, in the dressing room, maybe where he felt comfortable. 
שלומים, הדוגמאות מלישים, שימו שם שעד, So apart from Millwall, would Fulham for that giving you that opportunity rank quite high then? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, definitely because that's what everybody wants to do, so everybody wants to, to, to play it. Look, you know, like, there's, there's a few teams that kind of rank highly, like, you know, in my kind of feelings. Um, Liverpool, to give me the opportunity, like, I was working in the accounts firm, I was sitting doing a 9 to 5, I hated it, it was terrible. And then obviously, I think that led on from that. So, I mean, like, the whole football career and your lifestyle and, and just who you are as a person. Stems from that one phone call from Liverpool, so it's Liverpool giving me the first opportunity in football. Off the back of Liverpool, you know, I, I went to play at Celtic, I played an old frame game, because I was at Liverpool, I got called in um, to go up there and, you know, play for Celtic, that's a parkhead, you know, for the 60,000. It was me, the fifth game, um, for the 60,000 against Rangers, it was actually brilliant, you know what I mean? So, memory was something that I'll never, never forget, and then Millwall, you know, I, I decided. Everybody decided it was like the best thing to leave, leave Liverpool. Then I landed firm on my feet at Millwall um, with just all the people that were there. It was a perfect fit. The whole period of time I was down there, which was five years, we were always on the up and up. Millwall was the club that's that is closest to my heart. Um, and and it's where they played me most games. I played over half the games there and some of them not games. Um, then went to Cardiff, like I said, didn't really work out. I mean, that was a fun. And then, like, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to sell a bench of cards, you know, like, well, like, how can I get out? How can I, like, like what's your next move, do you know what I mean? I'm 31 now. You know, you kind of just see it, you know, you're a little bit, you know, I wouldn't say switch past it, but, you know, you know, you're, you get a little bit older. And then, and then full of pop up, and just, actually, just playing the Premier League. It was brilliant, it was phenomenal. And then what happens is you go down to the forum, like, the nice training ground and stuff, which is, which is always lovely to be around in the, the environment. Everything to do with the, with the whole club and all that, and, and like the ground was fantastic. I'm living back in London, which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed living in Wales. It took me in a flat room in the village. I couldn't believe it. It was just like it, it was great. So it was like 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 for me then, like him, like like life was good. Um, I met me, I met me missus when I was down there as well. Um, who obviously you know, I'm with now, got a couple of kids. So you know, if Fulham hadn't come in, my life wouldn't have been as as it is now. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at like the stuff on a periphery, do you know what I mean? Like the, you know, maybe just stuff that people don't really think about, which I think some things that would kind of um, affect your life and shape you slightly, do you know what I mean? Uh, but then also, you know, to, 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 like you said, to go there and to play the football, um, so you like, you know, players like your know, Steve Montblanc and um, Luis Bowmore, it's like, um, some Zinsky and stuff, and, and you know, Brian McBride, Zach, um, you know, to go out and play some games um, with, with these boys at for Fulham. I mean, like, I remember we, um, I remember playing, there was an interesting one where they had to come on against Liverpool at the cottage because Mark Soddy pulled his hamstring. I remember we were, we were winning 1-0 and I was, I was on the bench and it was about, I don't know, 20 minutes to go, 25 minutes to go. So then Coleman's like, it's happened a couple of times where, you know, the goalkeeper's going to get to him a 
Ireland, but generally the guys this is the first time they've ever happened to me. Um, and Coleman, the psych officials gone on and he's just given the signal, like, you know, substitute, so you don't like, fucking hell, this is it, you know what I mean? And Coleman's gone like, you get on, you're, you're on, you know what I mean? And you're thinking, like, like Liverpool, you let me go. Obviously still have, like, a, a big, like, you know, face with the club and all that, you know, I'm supporting them and stuff. Um, and I'm going on and what you don't want to do is the one, one thing that was in my mind was thinking, you don't want to validate their reason for getting to the you know what I mean? And I'm just thinking to myself, like, do not, do not fuck off here. Do not let it go Because you win them 1 0. It's all set up for you, perfect. You've only got, you've only got like 25 minutes to go, do you know what I mean? Unless you're on a good side. Like, they just won the European Cup. Four months before in May, which I, I'm over, I'm over to watch it in Istanbul, you know what I mean? And like, they, they, they wear funders. So the European Cup holders, you go on. And like, Liverpool fans, I was down here with the away, so Liverpool fans give me a little ripple and all that. And then I remember just being just like really determined, it's just things up, do not let it go in here. And look, it happened, it went my way, you know, I had to fluff um, quite a few good saves, you know, I had to work quite hard to maintain the. Um, the, the clean sheet that Marcus obviously had, had given us up to that point um, but then we scored again later on to make it 2-0 and that, that, that killed the game really and, and like I said I'll just get, get the opportunity to kind of fulfil a dream would have liked it to have lasted a little bit longer but look it's just sometimes it's meant to be do you know what I mean you know I, I, but, no, I, I always look forward very very fondly to like I said to get the opportunity uh, to try and express myself and, and you know and to get me to a level Because I wasn't sure, because you played like a bit part compared to, to what you did at Millwall, I wasn't yeah. sure how you was going to feel about the club, so it really is nice, and I'm, I'm sure it'll be nice for the fans hearing that you actually, you think a lot of the club, that's it's really nice to hear. I'm not tired of, not fluffing it, you know what I mean, because you know, I'm on the having a conversation with you, but no, it is, it, it's genuine, I like, I like having about the club, it's great, you know, it was, it was, it was super, it was, it was, <laughs> funny story, actually, you probably will not, will not have heard this one before, but um. I remember um, we played, I think we played that in the way actually. I think I beat 3 1 or 3 0. Um, and we got a bit of a do in front of me. I remember like, there was a penalty. Like, the BT scored this unbelievable chip for an angle. And then someone else had a shot. Um, and I took the flexion off. Liam was in and dipped over me. And I'm thinking, I can't do it. The back end, three goals in the mid. And then Chris Cole pulled me. Oh, he said, you know. Oh, sorry, yeah, it was, it was the Bolton game as well, where I think uh, Noel banged one through my legs. And then there was another game, and he said, Look, I'm going to stop here again. We were at Liverpool away, and it's funny, we were sitting, me and his dad were doing together, and Zach got a phone call off the gaffer. He's going downstairs. So he goes downstairs, he's gone for about 10 minutes, he comes back, sits down, doesn't say nothing. So the phone goes again. So I picks up, and it's Chris Connor goes, I told him, he said, um, he comes down on the radio it's like so he goes downstairs he says look he said I'm going to put Mark Kelsey in tonight and I'm like oh God. I said why he goes well you know he was like um, and I said oh God. I said not be funny mate I said them three goals I said you could have had to the game he's standing on his shoulders forever he said you'd pay everyone to kept it off I said I said what one did you blame me for he went oh you know it was just it seemed to be a amount of goals and I was going well if 
eventually maybe you need to look at some other people that don't know. I said, well, Everton game, I'm not having that one. And then he said, you know, you look at him, Bolton, and you got, got a puck for your legs. I said, so what, like, I said, it was like, it was one of them, like, you can't cover everything. And he's seen it, he's, he's drove it through there. Okay, he said, but you know, it's not like he's ever thrown it in. So I said to him, he said, look, that's it. And oh, sorry, he said, I've told Mark, he's playing already. So I thought to myself, right, never played around the field like in a senior game. I played loads of uh, games with a pool and all that, you know what I mean? But I thought, I've never played around the field in a senior game. I thought, I might never get another opportunity. I said to the guy, I said, look, I'm going to play today. I said, like, I'm going to try so hard, you know what I mean? I said, like, it means a lot to me. I need to play there, like, I'm going to give everything. Like, I've been at that club for years and, like, never given an opportunity and all that. For me to get to play there, so, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll give my best. Both of you. At least, at least you got to play at Anfield. <laughs> exactly, yeah. At least got to play at Anfield. So it was there. It, it was things on the Thursday. Um, but we didn't like the, the, the yeah, like a, like a game team. I and mean, so I went, oh, that's one of the speeches. So I'm like, here we go. Get them fucking to the car. I'm going to argue it now. Do you know what I mean? So I said I was going to do the job and I didn't. So I can't argue. So I walked in and he went, so I went, yeah, I know you're going to talk to me. I said, yeah. look, I've got to argue with you. I said, you know, you got to me last week. Keep me in. Uh, but it didn't work out, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to argue, so I'm, I'll just walk back out now. No, <laughs> no I feel into a fan, tears for that kind of stuff, so I just pissed off that quick. And that was that. So the next game, right? We're playing, dropped for the Chelsea game, Chelsea alone. And Chelsea don't have a shot on goal. And Paul Morse is supposed to make it 1 0. And we win. And then, <laughs> we yeah. So, so I walked in the change room afterwards, I went, Fucking hell, lads. Where are you? 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 Where are you?
Two more questions for you. First oh. one, first one I have to ask. Uh, your yeah. nick, your nickname, Denzel from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. What I'm did sorry. you think of it? I loved it. Totally brilliant. Like, yeah, I loved it. I mean, like, I think it, it obviously kind of come to uh, come about like early on in like the first season I was there. And I think I needed somebody to explain to you what it was all about. So I could just hear them singing it like crowd and someone sung it about. I thought, yeah, but I thought that's boss, like Denzel, like, you know, like, 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 a, like a mixed race fella, like in, um, in South London, yeah, South do you know what I mean? I, said, I, I actually thought it was a perfect fit, I thought, like, that's not the start, that's someone's, someone's done well there, do you know what I mean? And, uh, no, it was a brilliant play, I loved it. I mean, like, any time you hear Denzel, uh, you know, it's a Millwall connection, do you know what I mean? Like, I have, I have another nickname, which is Bonus at Liverpool. Now, if you hear Bowers, you kind of don't know, you, you know, it can come from a lot of different places, but when you hear Denzel, you know exactly where it's come from. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I mean, it is, it is one of the most uh, popular nicknames I've ever come across in football. But I suppose, I suppose for me, that's probably where I grew up. I don't know if it is yeah. for everybody, but for me, I, I know exactly who Denzel is. Um, so so yeah. what what are you up to now? I'm in the Indian Super League. I'm um, the goalie coach for the Canada FC. I don't know if you if you wear the Super League. You started about four years ago. They just have a kind of like get the profile height of the football in the new shows. So they bring a lot of like kind of high profile performers in like over here, Wes Brown, uh, Robbie Keane, Ethan, um, and then there's like obviously like a lot of other fab lads from all around the world and stuff. But they're trying to like they're trying to raise the profile and, and raise the quality. Um, so like they bring in some of these big names and you know, there's been some big managers coming like our manager John Gregory. Teddy Sheringham was over here. He unfortunately sacked and his team went in particularly well. David James is, um, has come over. So yeah, that, that's what I'm up to make. I'm over here like the subconscious. Well, good luck with it. I really hope it goes well. Nice one. L- last yeah. question. Pie or pasty? Pie or pasty? Um, no, this was just a pie master liquor and all that. Well, oh, no, no, no. Like, 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 like a, it could be a pie and a football. So it could be any kind of pie, a chicken and oh, mushroom pie. Oh, like, um, oh, oh, in that case, a pie then, yeah. Definitely a pie, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what one? What one would you go for? Um, steak and kidney. Sounds yeah. good, mate. When you're back over, let me know and I'll treat you to a pie. Brilliant. Look forward to it. Mate, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I didn't expect it to last as long as this because you didn't play that many games for Fulham, but. Honestly, you've been so open and so friendly. I can't nice. thank you enough. Sounds brilliant. All right, mate. All right. Yeah, I'll bye. speak to you soon. Take care. Take Bye. 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 Tony Warner there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Tony for taking the time to speak to me and I wish him all the best with the rest of his career. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter 
for updates when the latest Q&As will be released. There's loads more to come, and you can also subscribe via iTunes or any other podcast app. Until then, my name's Danny Boy. Really hope you enjoyed it, and thank you very much for listening.